0: The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts,
1: plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Yes.
2: And we are live, hopefully, maybe, (laughs) we're not sure over the last couple of weeks, to tape here on the W2M Network for the kickoff. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, the down since day one co-host, turned executive producer Brandon Bischkebing.
3: Yeah, and I can actually executive produce today because my computer is an idiot. Hey, at least we get to have a show again today. That's all we're worried about. so, so well.
0: The
2: executive producer turned co-host, turned executive producer, turned once again basic
0: co-host Eric Watkins. Yeah, my computer was the real idiot, especially last night. Well, not just last night, last week, too,
2: when we lost, what was it, three quarters of a show? <laughs> Pretty much. And the chairman of the W2M network,
1: Jason Teasley. And Brandon Biscovy makes the O faces, uh, Eli Manning.
2: Again, the conversations that we have off air would get us kicked off of the W two M network and Spotify because glaciers I've, 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 so
1: kicked I've off. Kind of, I've kind of came to the realization the network is ran by by U three, so we're good. <laughs> I mean, at
2: this rate, there's not a whole lot of content elsewhere. No, though.
1: yeah, soon, too
2: soon. Ooh, ooh, this is studs and duds, Eric.
0: Uh, uh, Oh, okay. Now, uh, I had a good stud, and I had a whole big thing lined up last time, but sadly, that was a show that was just lost to the archives, and jeez, I'm still pissed about that. To Canadians, I sincerely apologize. Eh, Wait one second, gotta pull mine up again for this week.
2: Alright, well, real quick, while he's apologizing to Canadians, the guy's last name was Gott.
0: I don't I think
2: it was John Gott, if memory serves. Yes. The, uh, if you guys want to mention your studs and duds from the show that we missed last week, we can. That's up to you. I'm offering the opportunity to do so, but still.
1: I can't I can't remember that far back. I'm always, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'd have to go really
2: searching into the archives of our group chat. I I have
3: I have mine on uh my my notes. So if I if yeah, I so I choose
1: mine from last. Okay, week. that means if Brandon has his on his notes, then I know what my studs and duds are.
0: <laughs>
1: How does that work?
0: I remember mine distinctly from last week, especially <laughs> because this time I can get it right for once. Oh yeah, you, Michael Thomas. Yes. Uh,
1: how do you? How do How do you having your studs and duds on your notes correlate to me having mine? Because yes. you fucking steal all of mine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this week, I know I didn't though.
1: No, Eric. no,
0: it's
3: This was Eric's week.
0: Get to that later, Eric. Have you found your stud for the week yet? Yes, my stud okay. is. You know, I still say they're a journalism school because they are a journalism school. But Northwestern, especially their quarterback, the Thorson, the first ever, the first ever team to go winless out of conference. They started zero three. What do they go and do? They decide. Oh, it's just the Big Ten. We don't really have to care. Let's just show up and cause some chaos. They're 6-1, and one, and they're going to Indianapolis. Even I have to give them credit for that. Interesting fact, their first game was actually
2: in conference. I specifically remember watching it on a Thursday night when they took one Purdue to start the season.
3: That's weird.
2: Yeah, you don't see that a whole lot in the big conferences. I mean, the ACC does that traditional Monday night opener. I want to say Miami was a part of that against... uh, No, that was Va Tech and Florida State, excuse me, on Monday night to start the season. But, um, yeah, every now and then the conferences do a one-off for the uh, two teams in the conference to start the season early to get the conference schedule underway. All right, Brandon, stud.
3: Uh, My stud for last week was... Matt Ryan, uh, who just absolutely went off on a tear against Washington, throwing for 350 yards and four touchdowns, and then my stud for this past week was the Bears, that Bears offense, who, uh, once again, actually against, it was the Redskins that they played as well, correct? If I remember correctly? Uh, Detroit. Oh, no, it was Detroit. And they absolutely went off on a tear as well. So, uh, those are my two studs. Jason, your stud for the week?
1: Uh, My stud for this week is a rapist out of Pittsburgh named Big Ben. Lord. Oh, God. Hey, I'm sorry. An alleged rapist. At at (laughs) least, yes, let's at
2: least use the alleged
1: he is he, he surprised first, so it's not rape.
2: I <laughs> just uh, last week was Drew Brees, by the way, Jason.
1: Yeah, because he threw, threw to Michael Thomas, who was Michael, Michael Williams. I don't know.
2: <laughs> he threw to Michael Thomas, who was actually Michael Williams. Okay, yeah. so here's uh, a story. Yeah, we,
1: we, so we, had a, we had a mid-season trade. <laughs> and Then and you guys claimed that Michael Williams didn't play for the Chargers, and I had to correct you and give you the backstory about the back injuries.
3: Uh, oh, that still was
1: handbasket, real quick. Didn't it?
3: At, at least my Ben Roethlisberger joke is is funny and and clean. Granted, it's not fitting for this season quite yet. If this were next week, I could do it.
1: So. Is- According to according to the gr- two girls, he alleged, right? so oh,
0: stop it. <laughs> see, did, see, this is why you get on me for naming Canadians, but then what do they do? They're just minding their own business, blocking, making plays, and chugging beers in the end zone after their team scores touchdowns. And what do you know? The Red Blacks are now just a one win away from making the Grey Cup again. I'm just throwing that out there. Eric, I ask you, what's that all about? <laughs>
1: hey, we can get the chair, the the former chairman on the line to figure it out.
0: Oh, all trust right. me, I actually had to educate him on the game played in the Great White North, so he would be extra useless, which is damn near impossible. <laughs> Yikes. hold right. on.
2: Um, can can, Woody, I, can we please Woody, move on? Do
1: you, do you agree with. <laughs> Uh, okay. okay, we're moving on he, the swimmer
2: you, can, you can talk to the chair later we're moving on my stud for last week was Nick, Nick Mullins who balled out in his debut game for the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night football against the Oakland Raiders becoming who have a perfect passer rating in his very first game as a starter my stud for this is Andrew Whitworth now a lot of people are going to ask me who the fuck is Andrew Whitworth? Oh man! Andrew, Whitworth. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Andrew Whitworth is an offensive lineman for the Los Angeles Rams. And now I know what you're thinking. He's giving stud of the week to an offensive lineman. It is not the who he is; it's the what he's doing. Andrew Whitworth has donated his paycheck from Sunday afternoon's game against the Seattle Seahawks to families
3: affected by the fires in California. That is stud worthy to me. Oh. Be considering what you just said, and I know when we did this last week, I I did on the show that happened even though we didn't have it, but let me give an honorary stud to the Packers organization for having a a private jet and everything ready and having a backup punter ready for their punter who was expecting his first child when they were playing in New England last week, or two weeks ago rather all right we flip to the other
2: side of things here with the duds for the week and we go back to eric
0: yeah uh mine are pretty much two teams that normally when you're showing up on a big stage you expect to go out and at least compete last week kentucky uh, they, they really didn't do themselves any favors laying a complete egg against georgia and then following that up with an even worse performance against Tennessee. And and then this week, New England's defense. Now, I mean, I get the system. I get, you know, opposing coaches who have been in your team, who have played for you. They know a good bit of the playbook and can prepare. But my God, 34 to 10, that's that's hilarious. there, the there, there was just something wrong that hilarious. day. I'm not complaining, but it was wrong. Jason,
1: dud. My dud is um, Fitz Tragic and the Bucks, who compiled over 500 yards, and I did not know this till Harry brought it up to my attention, without scoring a touchdown. The first time ever in NFL that that has happened.
2: Not just 500. It's the first time a team has had more than 450
3: yards in a game and not scored a touchdown. That, that, that was painful to watch. I I had two very painful games to watch this past week. First, it was the uh, absolute shellacking that uh, the saints put on last week. Um, And then it, and then because of that said shellacking, they decided to switch it over to the the uh, Buccaneers Browns game, or the Buccaneers um, Redskins Washington. game. Yeah, and it it was competitive to start off, but then as soon as they switched it over, the Redskins took over. Brandon, you're up. Dud, my Dud from last week was the Rams' defense who proceeded to give up over 50 points to the Saints. Granted, it is the Saints, but still, you're the Rams. You're supposed to be, well, not quite 50, 45. Um, You're the Rams. You're supposed to be the, you know, based on the record and everything, you would think that they're the premier league or the premier team of the NFC. And yet, you give up almost 50 points to the Saints. Well done. Uh, For this past week, my dud is the Bengals. And like I just mentioned, they did give up 50 points to the Saints. Both of these games, the Saints just absolutely went on tears. And to two, well, Bears not quite, or not Bears, Bengals rather... Not quite as much. They're at five they're and four cats. now. What? They're cats. They're both cats. Yes, Bears, Bengals, continue. Um, but um, still the Bengals start off the season very good, uh, and now they're starting to fall off, and and last week just purely solidified their uh, going down the tubes.
2: I don't think it's over in Cincinnati quite yet. No, I, not I, I quite. believe they're still. Not to mention that division, especially for second place, is still wide open with Pittsburgh going off the way they have now mm-hmm. to six two and one. My dud for last week was the Dallas Cowboys, who absolutely laid a complete egg in the Monday night football game against Tennessee, even though I will give myself a little bit of credit here and say that I called that happening in advance. My dud for this week is Kurt Cody Parkey. Kicker, Chicago Bears. Yes. The Bears won thirty-four to twenty-two. But Cody Parkey missed four kicks. And he didn't just miss four kicks. He managed to ping the same upright four <laughs> different times with those four kicks. I
3: saw that, that on the postgame show and I I'm just
2: laughing. Are you guys ready for the reference that I promised you for this for this particular occurrence? Go for it. I hope it lives up to the hype here. Do you guys remember Mighty Ducks two when Coach yes! was skating against the Iceland coach and they're playing three bar? That's what yeah. Cody Park did. He engaged in a one man game of three
0: bar, <laughs> and he still lost. <laughs> I just, Cody, I just, if you're what? listening, buy yourself some lotto tickets because God knows you're not doing that again. <laughs> I. I couldn't
2: help myself. Once I saw that, I actually didn't see it live. I saw it on the Sunday night preview game, on the Sunday night preview before the Sunday night game, yeah. uh, Philadelphia and Dallas, and they show it all in all. I'm like, that has to be a re- that that has to be a re
0: four times. <laughs> no, I even saw it when they were mentioning on Red Zone when they cut to the broadcast. They were like, oh no. That's not a replay of the same kick. That's four different yeah. kicks.
3: So yeah, they like- specifically mentioned that on the uh, pregame show for the Sunday night game. They were like, this is not a replay of the same kick. This is four different kicks.
2: The good news is the Bears won, so Cody Parkey lives to kick Yeah, at least Yeah,
3: at least the Bears won, and, and he can laugh at it. If they lost, his head would be on a stake right now.
2: Well, let's look back to the same kind of game that Mason Crosby had earlier in the year. It is a rough time to be a kicker in the
3: National Football League. Let Ain't me that tell the you. Truth. Hey, you <laughs> should know a lot about that, uh, Harry. Hey, our kicker is
2: awesome. I don't know not, what you're not, about. not this year. Yeah, well, I'm
3: talking
0: about current kickers. House money? <laughs> yeah, the only thing is it's just a rough time to be a quarterback. Well, depending on what team you have. (laughs) Okay, let's go ahead and
2: segue that right into Pour One Out for the Homers because this will be our midseason review special since it got kiboshed due to the technical difficulties last week. We're going to go ahead and run on an abbreviated format tonight. We opened with studs and duds. We're doing Pour One Out for the Homers here. After this, we will go into our midseason review College awards, NFL awards, college predictions, NFL predictions. We will then close with Are You Serious? And we do have some updates in Are You Serious? There is a new ATS leader. I'll talk about it when we get there. Let's first move into to pour one out for the homers. And since Eric has decided to bring up quarterback play, let's go ahead and start with my team. Let's start with Felipe Franks, who after being booed in the swamp on Saturday against South Carolina, Proceeded to lead the Gators back from down 31 to 17 to pick up a 35-31 victory, silencing, actually shushing his own fans in the swamp. I have been on Felipe Franks for a year and a half on this show now. I do not think that Felipe Franks is the kind of quarterback that we need in Dan Mullen's offense. That being said, Felipe Felipe stepped his game up and brought us back to a big come-from-behind victory to move the Gators to 7-3 and three and chasing a 10-win season because we play Idaho this Saturday which we should win. We play a god-awful Florida State team next weekend and then we have our bowl game to follow that. We could be realistically looking at a 10-win season in Gainesville this year.
0: Uh, to, I remember 10 seasons.
2: <laughs> to push that to the NFL side of things, Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. And holy shit,
0: where the fuck did Matt Barkley come from? USC (laughs) and Philadelphia and a couple other places. About three or four other NFL teams.
2: That was meant more metaphorically than literally in this instance, (laughs) but fair play. He played like he was back at USC this past Sunday. Okay, it was the Jets. Let's not get ahead of it. Yeah, really. Suck, suck, suck. So it's not exactly like he's going to light the world on fire against some super huge team. It's not like he's Drew Brees lighting up the Rams or Drew Brees lighting up the Bengals or Drew Brees like Well, pretty much everybody Drew Brees has played this year. But this right here and the fact that we finally cut the Intercepticon... Things are looking up in Buffalo. Okay, I feel
0: better. That yeah, that I good. don't know. I mean, just, did you clean out his locker of all the gold? <laughs> yeah, Make really. You sure didn't leave one behind? Hey, hey, uh, that...
2: You, guys remember, you know how we were talking about Major League before we went on the air? We mm-hmm. need the shaman from Major League to, like, have one of his voodoo magic gimmicks. I
3: I just thought of a funny uh, segment. J- just as we were talking about in in the offseason, uh... In, if uh McAdoo got um, hired by another team, it would be Stepton McAdoo doo. Uh if Peterman uh if Peterman gets hired by another team and ends up actually becoming a, another quarterback in the NFL, uh we need Pickerman time. I feel like I feel like well, let's keep it themed with how we've done this year. Let's keep
2: it with the Intercepticon. We'll check in on the Intercepticon. Okay, fair enough. Does that work? That works. All right. Eric, let's move over to you, and let's talk about the dumpster fire that has become the Miami football hurricanes.
0: Do I have to? Now, Kelly, Kelly Bryan. I heard the news. December 4th is going to be a very, very big day. I'm just going to say this. Where would you rather be in months like August, September, October, etc.? rather be amongst the mud and the pigsty that is Arkansas or would you rather be among the beautiful women and palm trees in great weather that is South Beach? Don't mark Rick. If you're down, you're gonna start. It's in the bag. We won't even ask you for a whole bunch of stuff about Clemson right away. So just just i like saying throwing that out there as just a viable option. Um, real quick, before we continue here, I just
2: need to say something. Uh Jason, you might want to check your mic, but it's kind of giving us some bad feedback right
3: mm-hmm. now. Hmm.
2: I don't know why, but I'm like I don't know why, but I'm catching like feedback. So um if if it's possible, would you be able to mute it when you're not while we're going through the other ones real quick? See if that helps correct the problem real quick. All right, I think we're good. Yep. Everybody okay? Can yep. Yeah, we're good. Okay, we're good now. All right. All right, back to uh, back to where we were here. Let's continue over to the National Football League side of things. The Jacksonville Jaguars come off of their bye, Eric, and back into the spotlight this Sunday against the aforementioned Ben Roethlisberger and Pittsburgh Steelers. Three and six in Jacksonville right now, and. Your game has been moved out of the Sunday night football time slot because of
0: that bad start. Your thoughts. Gee, on the fact? I wonder why. Jalen, mm. look, we, we love you. You don't need to make the cryptic tweets. If you want to leave, we get it. Go to another team and get a ring. It's not gonna happen here and Blake Bortles kiss my black ass. <laughs> they should have never gave you money.
2: <laughs> that was subtle.
0: Do you guys think you have a snowball's chance on Sunday against Pittsburgh? Oh, well, let's see. Given the fact that they just crushed Carolina 52-21, where Roethlisberger had as many touchdowns as he did incompletions, and the fact that I started him on one of my fantasy teams, I'm going to say hell to the no. Hell nah. Hmm. To the nah, nah, nah. Hell to the nah. To the naw nah, nah. nah. Hmm. All right.
2: Uh, Brandon, I can't believe I'm actually saying these words. The Giants are coming off of a win.
3: I hate to say it, but.
2: National primetime win, no less. Yeah, but this is against the
3: 49ers. Come on. This is like you (laughs) bragging about the win against the Jets.
0: Hey, well, now, you can't, you can't everybody go up and take down Big Dick Mullins. Hey, I will
2: have you know that the Jets had three wins going into that game. The Niners
3: only had two. <laughs> exactly, so exactly. So you have more of a right to brag than we do.
0: So where
2: do you guys land this Sunday? Because I actually haven't had a chance to look at your uh We yet.
3: are on our bye, I believe. Really? We played
2: Tampa too? Bay.
3: Oh no, we played Tampa Bay.
0: So Does basically, you, you are on
3: kind of a buy. <laughs> Depends on which Tampa Bay shows up. If it's magic or fit's tragic. Well, hopefully the the team that sh- that was there last week that only proceeded to score three uh, points shows up. But at the same okay. time, like I was about to say, it, it, I don't know. I. I, I hate to be that guy and I know that uh Odell put out the big uh the the big procl- proclamation of oh we're going to go undefeated now and still make the playoffs. Um yeah, I highly doubt that and at this point I kind of hope they lose some more games so that they get a high draft pick. I was going to say, of all the games to win,
2: this game that you guys won against the 49ers could prove costly in the exactly. long run. Because if you, guys, you guys end up tied with them come draft day, they get a higher pick than you do because of the head-to-head victory.
1: hmm
2: So this one couldn't come back biting you in the ass. Uh, Jason, you had the opportunity to watch the team on, sun, on Monday Night Football there. What did you think of the performance by Eli bringing his team back for the fourth quarter, come from behind victory out from Santa Clara, California?
1: I mean, it wasn't nothing that um, lit the world on fire, but it got everything done that needed to get done. And I don't really care if the 49ers get a higher draft pick than us. They're not taking a quarterback. So, we are. That's true. That's actually a good point. So, I mean, only thing, it, it'll help us because rookie contract will be cheaper.
2: Fair enough. There, all right. Normally, this would be the part in college where Jason would talk about the West Virginia Mountaineers, who are coming off of an absolute drubbing of the TCU Horn Frogs. But here at the kickoff, we have decided to take this time to be a little more serious for this segment here, as well as how we will close the show tonight. Jason, the floor is yours.
1: Um, as everybody that knows um, and listens to the show knows. I'm probably one of the biggest West Virginia homers there is. But in light of this being the week of November 14th and the fact that I do live in Huntington, West Virginia, I figured I would take this time to put aside my homerism for the West Virginia Mountaineers and actually remember the 75 individuals that died in a plane crash uh, that were known as the Marshall Thundering Herd. Um, this past weekend, uh, Marshall played, uh, Charlotte, uh, and no bigger game per year is that of the weekend prior to the, uh, fountain turning off. Um, if anybody has not ever researched Marshall or even lived under a rock and has not seen the movie, I highly suggest seeing the, um, movie, We Are Marshall, with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, it was filmed here in West Virginia. Uh, I I lived used to live um, I'm going to say probably five minutes from where the Marshall team is. And currently, my new house, I am five minutes from the actual plane crash site. Um, it was a very dark day, not only in college football, but for this City of Huntington, uh, me and Harry, you know, we have a little like a little bender back and forth because of some of the old rivalry that Youngstown State and Marshall had in Division Two. I can not say enough how proud I am to be in the city of Huntington, and my wife and her entire family are has ties to Marshall, even so that. A family member of my wife's mother is actually referenced in the movie. So with that being said, I will take my Homerism (laughs) and declare that for this week only, I am a son of Marshall. And we remember those 75 souls that passed away that faithful evening.
2: We like to have a lot of fun here Mm -hmm. on the kickoff, but we can also have a very serious side to the show Mm -hmm. as well. This is something that I dare say none of us would deign to make a joke about.
3: No.
2: The loss of life is tragic. The loss of young life makes it even more so when you consider the fact that these were teenagers in early Mm -hmm. 20s in this plane crash. The fact of the matter is this. and We will close the show tonight On this very subject as well, as well. So stay tuned for that. For this weekend, for this week, specifically for yesterday, we are all Marshall. Mm -hmm. If you are a college football fan, you are Marshall. Roll herd.
3: Now, granted, this is more of. For another show on the W two M network, but we all have teams that have had tragedies uh, take place. For the the other three of us, it's not in American football. But at the same time, most of those were like stadium related, though. Uh, not all actually. Manu is the exact same.
0: Mm-hmm. The be Munich.
3: Things. I know. I know. Liverpool had
2: a stadium. Yeah, Ma-
3: Munich his, or uh, Liverpool has the two fan-related, stadium-related things.
2: Here's the simple way to look at this, everybody. Regardless of who you are, regardless of where you're from, the important thing to remember in a situation like this is these are young people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. We get an enjoyment out of watching their athletic prowess every Saturday and, for those that are fortunate enough, every Sunday. But these are men and women, men specifically in this instance because they were with a football team. But these are men and women who never got the opportunity to grow up because of a tragic incident. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: With that, we move on and try to lighten the tone once again as we move into our midseason awards. All right, we're going to start with college football here. And with us starting with college football, I have to go back into our group chat so that way I can pull up my categories. I know what my categories are. I just need to make sure I don't get them all screwed up here. We start with the Heisman trophy race in college football. Eric, if you were to cast your ballot for the Heisman trophy today, whose name is on your ballot? E-
0: even though with the issues with the injury, But looking at the overall body of work for him and for the team, Tua Tagovailoa. I would think about it, but if we're talking today, he'd be my guy, especially with how Alabama has performed throughout this season. I
2: ask Jason this question knowing what answer I'm about to yeah.
0: get.
1: Um, it, I, I, I stated this a couple weeks ago on the show we did lose. Stewart um, would be a pick, but he hasn't had that moment yet, that Heisman moment when you win one down the stretch. Will Greer has. He went into Texas – he won the game down in Texas. So he has had the Heisman moment, and I think that that would sway voters into his favor. And my vote goes Will Greer.
2: Brandon, Heisman
3: Trophy winner, who would uh, you put right now on your ballot? It Right at this very moment, and it's going to be very interesting if he does end up sitting out the rest of the season, how it will impact the voting, because I think at this point he is the odds-on favorite, head and shoulders above everyone else. It has to be Tua Tagovailoa, um, and and I made this joke last week or when we had the failed show. Um, Robert Robert Taylor, if you're listening, I did a little blunder on my notes and wrote in Tia Tua Vasa instead.
0: For shame. <laughs> well well we would do I think the with one... a, we would do what a certain someone else mentioned and I think that we need to start running with it. Hashtag Maui
2: <laughs> Somewhere Marcus Mariota is sad. <laughs> I'm also going to go with Tua Tagovailoa, but at the same time, I'm going to preface this by saying that there are three people left that have an opportunity to win this trophy, and all three of them are quarterbacks.
1: Mm -hmm. It is,
2: once again, definitely the year of the quarterback in college football. The three people that I feel still have a reasonable shot to win this trophy are Tagovailoa, Kyler Murray of Oklahoma, and Will Greer of West Virginia.
0: And the good news is we'll see Greer and Murray go head-to-head. At least once. Oh, yes. Do you think,
3: especially if Tagovailoa sits out the rest of the season, do you think that game that game or those games would be the ter- determining factor of uh, well, who gets the Heisman?
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm going to tell you. In my mind.
2: I, w- I would say yes to that, but at the same time, Nick Saban has already said that Valo will play against the Citadel, so I don't think he's going to be sitting out.
1: Oh, okay. Ah, uh, uh, if he, if he if he plays and gets injured, I I'm it's telling you, you, I don't. it, I, it I doesn't would, matter. I, I, I don't. Well, nobody can complain. Alabama schedules deaf, deaf, dumb and blind schools off of I seventy nine. On exit fourteen, nobody. Those games are nothing but the pad stats at the end of the year, and ensure that they don't play any. Like I said in our group chat, the SECs needs to say screw it, no out of conference games, play everybody in conference. That way, there's or no the, there's no argument.
2: Or the Big Twelve needs to expand back to twelve teams, like its name says it is, and get us <laughs> get back into the national headlines
0: or they need to go ahead and do realignments and rework the TV contract so you have the power seven. Mm -hmm. Job done. Yep. We could sit here and argue about this the rest
2: of the show, but unfortunately we do have other stuff to get to. Eric, who is your college
0: coach of the year right now? Honestly, I really have to change this because I, I had something in mind, but... This says a lot about me. This says a lot about the conference. But I, oh my God. I can't believe I'm saying this. Oh,
2: don't say the words I think you're about to say. I think I know
3: what you're about to say.
2: Are you about to say the words Mike Leach?
3: No. No, I think I, I have a feeling I know who he's about to say. Brandon, take your guess. Dabo. No. No? No. You
2: originally, I I believe the lost show last week, I think you picked Jim Harbaugh here. I
0: did pick Jim Harbaugh, yes. But, same conference, different team. The Northwestern coach? Pat Fitzgerald, because, ah, yeah, ah, God, I need a cookie after saying that to get the taste out of my mouth, but, Seriously, with the likes of Wisconsin, with the likes of the other, albeit middling teams in the Big Ten West, you come in 6-1 and one in conference and you clinch with games to spare a trip to Indianapolis? Now, granted, they may get slaughtered by Jim Harbaugh in the Big Ten Championship game. That would make me happy on multiple levels, but... I have to give you some credit for at least getting here.
2: It could also theoretically be Urban Meyer and the Ohio State Buckeyes in mm-hmm. Indianapolis as
0: wow. well. Yeah. Uh after their performances against the likes of Purdue, I am not holding my breath. <laughs>
2: I will I will remind you guys of the week that have happened, my done for the week. On behalf of the Big Ten. <laughs> Moving on. Brandon, are you sticking with your original pick? Because yeah. your original pick was my original pick as well, so we, we stand united on yes. that.
3: Yes. Yes, I am. And um, that
2: would be Brian Kelly coach.
3: Yes. Brian Kelly, yes, it's Notre Dame, and yes, you know, they've been good. But especially in the Brian Kelly era, they haven't done nearly as well as they've done this year, setting themselves up for getting into the playoffs. Um, and especially considering the pressure that being the coach of Notre Dame uh, has, he has to be the coach of the year this year.
2: I will say this much. The big thing for Kelly is USC looms on the schedule to end the season, but USC is in a down season. They're only 5-5. Five and five. Their big test still to get to the college football playoff is actually this Saturday when the eight and two 12th ranked Syracuse Orange come to Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Shh. Shh. We'll
1: talk about that soon.
0: Uh-oh.
2: Dun dun dun. Dramatic reverb? I think there might be some teasing of some reverb. All right, let's let's move on here. <laughs> Um, Jason, I think I know where this is going, if it's going the same way it went the first time. It's kind of hard to argue, honestly, especially if he's able to pull out the Big 12. Go ahead and homer it up.
1: I'm taking Zach Smith, based on his Twitter account.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Well, this just took a left turn.
2: (sighs) Remember that stuff we said about being a respectful show? We apologize. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean, if anybody wants wants to know what I'm talking about, please look up Zach Smith versus Herman, Tom Herman, and take me later. Okay, it's would amazing. You like to,
2: would you like to give us your actual answer for college coach of the year? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be Hogerson. Yeah, I dear. mean, and- I mean. Like I said, you know, um, very large testicular fortitude in Texas. If he says you want to win this game, we're going to go win this game. And he backs it up.
2: There yeah. may have been another choice word in that sentence that we cannot use here on the kickoff repeatedly.
1: <laughs> uh, we, we use it. We just, but I'm trying to, <laughs> well, <laughs> after, after the speech I gave earlier, I'm trying to remain s- respectful for the rest of the show. I got the silliness out of my system.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, um, all I gotta say is third time was the Tron. Real quick, here,
2: Jason. Last week for Marshall was a loss at Southern Mississippi. This week is the Remembrance Game against UTSA.
1: No, we. No, 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 no. We played uh, on. This week. I'm looking right
2: at ESPN.com's uh, college football schedule. This is coming Saturday, right November
1: tenth we play charlotte i don't think
2: so. i don't think so i think you might be looking at the wrong schedule
1: uh marshall versus charlotte 49ers saturday november 10th are you
2: sure okay i'm going to have to look this
1: 13th. up
0: here, no i think
3: that's last year because because sunday was uh was the 11th this year wasn't it
0: no it was saturday or- the 10th because this Saturday is the seventeenth. Oh yes. So yeah. Um, it no, game. it's not.
3: No, today's uh, today's the fifteenth, and it's Thursday.
0: I
2: am, I'm I'm I actually I owe Jason an apology here. The score that I looked up for Southern Mississippi versus Marshall was two weeks ago, not last week. My mistake. He is correct about no, okay.
3: the, the
2: the Charlotte game. My apologies. Okay, back to the scheduled show at hand here in regards to Brian Kelly and Notre Dame. You can say what you want to about Notre Dame. Regardless, there are a lot of people that view Notre Dame, South Bend, Indiana, as the epicenter of college football. And good is not good enough in South Bend, Indiana. There are coaches that have had above 500 records, way above 500 records, that have been shown the door Mm -hmm. in South Bend. Brian Kelly came in off of an excellent run with the Cincinnati, but this was a Notre Dame team that was down in the dumps by the time that he had got there, having just fired Tyrone Willingham after, I believe, a 6-7 and seven season. They are 10-0 and 0 and Syracuse and USC away from once again competing in the college football playoff. We, this expect, college- it, we expect it from Nick Saban. We expect it from Davos Sweeney. Nobody saw this coming from Brian Kelly mm-hmm. in the Notre Dame Fighting Irish this year.
0: Yeah, and the fact that the Irish are doing this without a linebacker and his imaginary girlfriend makes it even better.
2: Jesus. Poor man
0: Titeo. Mm-hmm. That's
2: all He's anyone in, uh... remembers him for. He's in Seattle now, I think.
3: I thought he was in Indy.
2: I thought I, he was... I thought he
1: was in I thought it was in New Orleans.
3: So oh, I wait, lie. no, you're right. You're right, New Orleans.
2: I remember seeing, I remember him, seeing him on a, a featured Sunday afternoon game a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember what team it was. I it was just
0: New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. Florida, after going to San Diego, now the L.A. Chargers. Is that where his girlfriend moved, Jason?
1: <laughs> no. Don't you know in New Orleans they got the voodoo stuff to bring back dead girlfriends? <laughs>
2: Okay, we're done being respectful for now. All right, good to know. Let's move on. Going back here. All right, let's go to biggest surprise of the college football season thus far. Eric?
0: I honestly am going to have to stick with Brian Kelly and Notre Dame because even though they've had that level of consistency and they've been on the verge of being contenders – I never expected an undefeated season. And my God, I am really going to need a shower after this episode. (laughs) Oh, for first Northwestern. Now I'm actually praising Notre Dame. (laughs) The hell is wrong with me? Damn it. Why am I sober?
1: (laughs) Jason? My biggest surprise is the fact that Tom Herman doesn't know the rules of college football. And Ohio, the Iowa State, (laughs) Um, I was going to go a different route and say Michigan, but Iowa State actually has, depending on how things go this weekend, they could lock up a Big 12 matchup versus West Virginia this weekend. Um, And they they handed West Virginia their butts at home. Uh, Iowa State was at home. Um, they have some big wins, and they actually don't look like the give me game that they have been in the past. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna stay in the Big Twelve and go home or conference.
2: His biggest disappointment is going to be a Big Twelve team too. Now I can see it, <laughs> Brandon.
3: Yeah, I have to agree with Eric. Uh, we talked about it with Brian Kelly. Notre Dame is hands down the biggest biggest surprise this year. Um, yeah. No one was anticipating them going undefeated and being, you know, I'm sure people thought they would be good. People were sure they'd be ranked, would make a good bowl, but I don't think anyone thought they'd make the playoff this year.
2: When we originally lost this episode, I, I, made, a, I made my uh, vote for this team, and since we're kind of sticking with the whole theme here, I'm going to stick with this team, although I am going to add a caveat once I'm done sticking with this team. There is a college in New York, in the city of Buffalo, their team name are the Bulls, that has more wins than all three NFL franchises in that state combined. The Bills have three, the Jets have three, the Giants have two. Buffalo, until this weekend, well, this week, was nine and one in the MAC. Now, granted, it's the MAC. They don't exactly play high end competition in the MAC. But if you'd have told anybody that Buffalo was the favorite to win the Eastern Division of the MAC Conference this year, they'd have looked at you like you were crazy because of teams like Ohio in there, because of teams like Akron in there. Akron actually beat Northwestern earlier this season, Eric. Yeah. But these Bulls were 9-1 and one going into this week's game. And then they proceeded to play last night and get their ass handed to them by the aforementioned Ohio Bobcats. But still, more wins than all three NFL teams in the state combined. I stand by my statement that the Buffalo Bulls are the most surprising story in college football to me this year. Let's go to the other side here. Brandon? No, no, let's stick with Eric since he's opened all of these here. Let's stick with Eric.
0: Eric, who is the biggest disappointment to you in college football this year? Uh, uh, There's two teams that come to my mind. One, I can make some excuses for. Key injuries, starting a reject quarterback, now a true freshman quarterback in front of along with about a dozen other true freshmen. So they get an honorable mention, but they get a pass, even though I have to eat my words yet again. Uh, You're not naming that team and naming my actual biggest disappointment, Nebraska. Scott Frost, I had a lot of faith in you. I thought that this was going to be a great story, going back to your alma mater, Bringing them on the path to prominence. Picking you and are you serious? And what the hell do you repay me with but abject crap? Really? I
3: I I saw that
2: coming. They're up to three wins now, Eric.
0: And... (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, I just thought I might try to help
0: you feel a little bit better. Um, the cornfields in- ain't big enough. While I'm having my shenanigans and cursing my damn camera not working in a hotel room in St. Augustine, what are you doing, Scott Frost? You're getting it handed to you by Colorado. How do you think that made me feel?
2: Well, uh, assuming the shenanigans were still in the hotel room, I'd imagine you were okay.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, they were fine. I mean, it was, like I said, it was like 45- that family 45. family show. Years
2: family show by the way his honorable mention to UCLA for those of you wondering
3: Brandon now you go Biggest uh, disappoint- I, I'm going to give an honorable mention to Wisconsin because I had them I don't think I had them actually going to the playoffs but I had them going to the Big Ten championship game and that was yeah They they fell off the bed very quickly um, but my real uh biggest disappointment is gonna break Eric's little heart. Go ahead,
0: just you know,
3: rip <laughs> yeah, your bandaid off. Yeah, the Miami Hurricanes have just been absolutely god awful this year. Mm-hmm.
2: Five and five right now, coming off of back-to-back losses to Duke and Georgia Tech. I don't think you've ever lost to Duke and Georgia Tech in the same season before, Eric.
0: Duke won in Coral Gables for the first time since the damn 70s. How How you like
3: that, how you like that triple option offense there, uh, Eric? Triple.
0: I can't even be mad at the triple option because I, I I've seen it towards so many teams. And the fact that we were actually competitive at that game, but the fact that Wisconsin is crap too means that there, there is some justice in the world.
2: Freaking, freaking badgers.
0: Two and four in the ACC. Like I said, Kelly, come on down. Well, you get us to a national championship, we'll build you a statue. We'll put it right out in front of Marlins Park, where the Orange Bowl stool should be. Jason, you're
2: up. Have you found the Big 12 team to label disappointing?
1: (laughs) No, mine's going to be in the ACC. Are you going to pick me as well? Eric... Oh, this'll, finally, hold This will brighten your day. Oh, damn! Oh. Yeah. My the biggest disappointment is the Florida what? State Seminoles. Yeah. That coming. Okay. See,
0: Jason, this is why we're friends. This is why <laughs> we get along. This is why we have unique conversations and text messages. You understand.
1: <laughs> I mean, oh. if, if this team in itself proves – the my stance about preseason rankings and preseason hype um they they get ranked on name value alone and not only has it proven this year but last year as well that they don't deserve the ranking due to their performance on the field so they are very disappointing and to be a Florida State Seminole fan you're a, you have a very disappointing life. <laughs>
0: hmm. And I know a couple of Florida State fans too. It, it's <laughs> it, it's music to my ears.
2: Yeah, I know a couple of Florida State fans as well. Actually, one of my uh, one of my Facebook buddies, Jason Bieber, is a Florida State alumni. Actually, but. I am going to stay in the South, but I'm going to switch conferences. Brandon, the very first episode we did of the kickoff this year was our college football preview episode, was it not? Yes, it was. I picked a certain team out of the
3: SEC to win the
2: national title,
3: didn't I? (laughs) Yeah, and and I laughed my ass off at you, and I was right. Well,
2: I'm laughing my ass (laughs) off at me now, too. War, goddamn eagle! What the <laughs> hell, Auburn? Six and
3: four. Hey, you hey.
2: You are six and four. It,
3: it's it's the curse of it, it's the curse of of the golden knights.
2: Uh, uh, maybe that peach bowl did it, or was
0: it the peach bowl, orange bowl, orange bowl? Yep. Yeah. No. Was it the peach bowl? It was the peach oh, bowl. Okay. Because yeah. Those right. from a lack of intolerance state that got their asses handed to them the subsequent year, that was the Orange Bowl.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs>
0: bad me- more bad memories for Eric. All right, back to what I was <laughs> saying here.
2: Okay, so the LSU game I can forgive. It was in Jordan-Hare, but it's LSU. LSU is ranked like seventh in the country right now. I can forgive that loss. Georgia's is ranked like... Fifth in the country, I can forgive that loss.
1: And they don't. And LSU does not divert, deserve that seven ranking with two losses.
2: I think. That I. Th- who are LSU's losses? Uh, Florida and Alabama. Alabama. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Florida's come into its own, but the Alabama loss—it shouldn't be as high as they are after getting shut out the way they did by Alabama. But, anyways, back to my point here. Auburn. You lost to fucking Tennessee.
3: <laughs> the the team that's overhyped every year.
1: To
0: yes. Tennessee. You lost to Tennessee! <laughs> yes, so did Kentucky. But uh, I remember a famous Kentucky win from earlier this season. <laughs> Who was that? Uh, I can't. They wear blue and Orange. It, it comes uh, from a Eric, certain sunshine a state. Uh, Eric, how'd you guys do against LSU again? Yeah, well, we were destined to suck. That's different.
3: <laughs> you, you know what's even funnier part about that is that I called that Kentucky game too. <laughs>
0: I'm not the only one that's going to suffer all
1: this part of the show, Eric. <laughs>
2: Find a different co-host. Is we're going to end up going.
1: You know, who beat Tennessee. The chair just, 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 just letting y'all know who who demolished Tennessee.
2: Yes, you did. Opening week of the season. Now, if only you guys could get that NC State game back. <laughs> Although they have kind of fallen apart, though, down in uh, where is NC State? Raleigh.
1: I'll take I'll take I'll take two Oklahoma victories over one NC State victory.
2: I mean, at this point, you might as well because NC State's falling. They just got it handed to them by Syracuse last week. Anyway, back to do a favor. (laughs) Back to my uh, back to my Auburn statement, real quick. Jesus, Jason, mute your mic. Oh, it's muted. Oh, there you go. All right, we're good. I don't know. I'm catching feedback from somebody there, but okay, let's continue. Now we're the show here. Yeah. The issue I have with Auburn is the fact that the hype was so high on Auburn going into the season here because they had all of those pieces coming back from a team that beat Alabama last year and a team that had Jarrett Stidham, a fifth year senior, as their starting quarterback. This could have been the potential for Auburn to run the table. I had them running the table in the SEC. I had them winning the SEC title game. I had them going to the college football playoff. And I had them as national champions.
0: National champions don't lose to Tennessee! Yeah, well, everybody was saying a lot of the same stuff about Miami. And look at where we are. Now you know how it feels. <laughs> okay, but your quarterback was Malik Rozier. You had to kind of expect that. Rozier! There's no wonder we didn't pronounce your damn name right. No. All right. We now move over to the
2: National Football League. Offensive MVP, Eric.
0: You know, Harry. God damn it. I'm <laughs> looking up at my clock. I'm staring <laughs> right at it. you going know, off the thread. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> shall, shall we repeat what we did last week, Eric.
0: Yes. What? What? What time? What time is it? What's the clock say? I believe it says Mahomes' time. Yes, it does. It's Mahomes' time. Robert Taylor, you're welcome again. <laughs> Even though last week's one never made air.
3: Yeah. Well, we redeemed ourselves. There is no proof that that
2: show exists. <laughs> exactly. All right, go ahead. Give your reasoning, Eric.
0: I mean, as much as a certain someone does things that, well, I've had done to me on multiple occasions when it comes to their fandom of Mahomes, I have to say it's a legitimate argument. Pushes the ball down the field. Just great scrambling ability on someone even underrated in his decision making with, how he's leading a very dynamic offense to now what is it still the what would be the number one seed in the AFC if the playoffs were to start next week I mean yes they did have a lot of success under Alex Smith but Mahomes has given them an entirely new dimension and a lot of different uses for all of their weapons so I have to hand it to him With all due respect, Eric, number one seed in the
2: AFC is just a nice way of saying losing in the divisional round again.
0: And I still say that would happen. It's not read time just yet. It's still Mahomes time. The clocks haven't changed in Kansas City. At least not now. (laughs)
2: All right, Brandon, go ahead and expand upon your reasoning for it.
3: Yeah, I mean... He's leading the league in passing yards right now. He's up there in touchdowns, I believe. He's either leading league he's or number one. okay. He is leading the league in touchdowns as well. He's hardly thrown any interceptions. He's, Seven thus far. He's just on an absolute tear. I will give one little caveat though. This week, the game this week. Between the Chiefs and the Rams, I think it's going to be the big determining factor to see who wins offensive MVP in the NFL. Because Jared Goff is right behind Mahomes in passing yards
0: and very close in touchdowns as well. And if you're on mybookie.ag, use promo code PAT to add 50% bonus when you make your first deposit. The over/under for this game is still sixty-three and a half. Just saying. Did you get paid to say that?
2: And if so, how do I get a cut of this?
0: (laughs) I didn't, but hey, Pat McAfee for the brand. Uh, I'm helping. uh, I'm just saying. I'm right here.
2: (laughs) Cheap. We're getting worked. Jason, you have a you have a Los Angeles Rams as your offensive MVP, but it's not the quarterback.
0: He can un- you can unmute your mic now, Jason.
1: <laughs> yeah, we... It, 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 uh, I, I had my mic actually unplugged. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually uh, picking the best running back in the NFL. Uh, 1,400 total yards, 13 touchdowns. Yes, I'm speaking of Mr. Todd Gurley. Um, he is a freak of nature when he runs the ball. He is a huge um, reason the Rams are having the success they are. And I'm pretty sure that I heard him say, fuck Mahomes, I hope you have Christopher Reed at
2: <laughs> Okay, I'm going to give you a couple of stats here real quick about uh, Todd Gurley that I just saw on ESPN here, Jason, but kind of back up your queen. You ready for this? Yeah. The second leading rusher in the NFL right now is Dallas' Ezekiel Elliott. He is 157 yards behind Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is three touchdowns, okay, two touchdowns ahead of the closest running back to him, Alvin Kamara, who has almost half as many yards. This is another big one here. When it comes to moving the chains, Kareem Hunt has the second most running back first downs with 44. Todd Gurley has 54 first downs rushing.
1: And you still think it's Mahomes' time? Oh, yes. I'm at... Okay, I'm going to go with the same person I picked
2: last time, and I'm going to give you my reasons why here. Okay, yes, Patrick has more yards passing. Patrick has more touchdown passes. But when you factor in the seven interceptions that Mahomes has thrown, his touchdown-to-interception ratio... Is is 4.2-ish to 1. My selection for offensive MVP is 21 touchdown passes, one interception for a ratio of 21 to 1. He has a better completion percentage than Patrick Mahomes does. He has a better passer rating than Patrick Mahomes does. He has more completions on 50 fewer attempts than Mahomes does. My offensive MVP at this point of the season right now is Drew Brees, quarterback, New Orleans Saints.
1: Well, he can attribute a lot of those yards to Mike Williams.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, he can. Oh, get that part of the show is the one thing that will live on in infirmity. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You were, you were just so passionate about Eric, I can't let you live it down.
0: No, oh, I'm well aware. I'm well aware. I'll carry that same passion to the Kentucky Buckets for next week. We,
2: if, if it's any consolation, we kid because we care. Oh, of who's, course. Your de- who's your defensive MVP, Eric?
0: Honestly, even though he's only got 35 tackles, not a whole lot but third, 12 and a half, 13 and a half of those are sacks? 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Thank you. That ratio isn't so a question mark-ish, but the fact that sacks and he's getting to the quarterback, that's pretty eye-popping, especially for a defense that, to their credit, helps buoy that offense even more. Aaron Donald, you got Double Kong Sue teaming up with you. Lights, camera, whoop ass!
2: I could have sworn it wasn't Donald you said last week.
0: No, it wasn't. I things have changed.
3: I I, I I've convinced him to to uh, see the light.
2: Because I believe the person that did pick Aaron
0: Donald last week was Brandon Bisby.
3: Yes, indeed, it was. And and I've convinced Eric to see the light.
0: I, I I've been converted. What can I say? I fall in love with those old uniforms. And, well, <laughs> Minnesota's kind of. Eh. But yeah, just just like Eric said,
3: uh, he is the anchor to that defense, and that and that defense, in spite of the shellacking that they got put upon by Drew Brees a couple of weeks ago. Um, they are still the anchor um to that team and, and a big reason for why they are uh eight and one. Jason?
1: Uh, I actually agreed with Brandon last week, but this week I'm not going to. I I, I think honestly the best his stats haven't. Don't reflect it, because he missed a few games. But I'm going to go with the best defensive player because of how much he's improved the team that he's on. Does anybody want to take a stab at this?
2: Khalil Mack, Chicago. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. Uh, Actually, my best defensive player is John Gruden for trading Khalil Mack (laughs) to Chicago. (laughs) Because, I mean, I, I don't know what the trade... Caused, but it lit a fire under Mac, and he is on a tear in Chicago. If not for his injury and his, he missing his first two games ever, I think he would be in anybody's discussion.
0: The Bears has, were definitely right to give him that $140 million worth every yeah. penny.
1: Yes, and he, he's earning it too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he has re now, Juvenize that defense to people comparing them to the monsters of the midway. And I kind of dig it. I mean, I'm not a Chicago Bears fan, but it's a nice. I'm an NFL fan, and it's nice to see a old school team like Chicago having that defensive presence that we have lacked in so many years of the NFL. You see all these high scoring games and. Chicago is just that NFC North ground-and-pound blue-collar team again, and I kind of dig it. So I'm going to go with Khalil Mack as my defensive player of the year, despite the no. stats against him.
0: Now, if only they could get a quarterback better than Drew Bissett. <laughs> Interesting fact, Eric, because of Khalil
2: Mack's performance in Chicago, the man you originally picked last week and Khalil Mack will face off on Sunday Night Football this week as Daniel Hunter and the Minnesota Vikings take on Khalil Mack and the Chicago Bears.
0: Now that's going to be a good little battle I'm looking forward to. This is one game I wouldn't mind if it finishes 14-10. As long as the two of them ball out.
2: I'm going to stick with the same person I gave defensive MVP to when we did the show last week. Only 32 tackles, but 9 sacks. Two passes defended. I mean, he's a defensive lineman. That's not a number that they're expected to have a lot of. Mm-mm. Four forced fumbles. And by the way, he's coming back after missing most of the last season with a broken leg. My defensive MVP for thus far of the 2018 season is JJ Watt, defensive end, Houston Texans.
3: Yeah, I I could see that. A, a jersey guy we
2: could we we had this conversation the last time we might as well have it again eric buy yourself cuz we'll we'll do this it was a quick one here buy yourself this is the best season for brothers in NFL history for jj and tj Watt.
0: i would definitely buy that hands down i mean what tj's doing anchoring what is now a rejuvenated going back to another old-school defensive brand, how he's holding it up there in Pittsburgh, and with what Watts doing yet again in Houston. It, I mean, yeah, you've had brothers and family members play on teams before. You have the McCourty twins playing in the NFL, but what the two of them are doing, my God, far and away best season by a pair of brothers. I mentioned
2: J.J. Watts, four forced fumbles. Uh, Jason, your pick, Khalil Mack, four forced fumbles. The other two people in the NFL with four that lead the league are Vaughn Miller of Denver and D Ford of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. The, the stats back it up here. You could pick any one of a number of people granted eric and brandon agreed on their selections here but you could just as easily make the argument for mac and oh yeah oh. it'll be very inter- it'll be very interesting to see who ends up yeah. winning defensive mvp this year because all three of these guys have been on a air this I, season the
3: the big question i would have when it comes to uh, tj watt is do you think uh, the two will ever play together
0: Mm,
2: if they end up playing together, it's because J.J.'s come
0: to Pittsburgh, not because J.J.'s true. want to hear. Which, I mean, maybe the last season or two of his career, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. All right,
2: we move on to rookie of the year. I'm going to repeat what we did last week, just because there's really no reason to drag this out. This is the only award for the 2018 Midseason Award that we are in unanimous agreement on. I will let Jason and Brandon have the floor here because he plays for the New York Football Giants. He is running back, Saquon Barkley. Jason?
1: I mean, everybody, like, ragged on New York for not taking a quarterback at number two this year and taking Barkley. I, I was behind it. I, I like the fact you pair a solid running back with a great receiver and young supporting roles around him, veteran quarterback. The record doesn't reflect it, but the leadership that he's getting from Odell and the friendship he's made with Odell, I mean, everybody talks about Odell being the drama queen and everything. I mean, can you legitimately, that is probably one of the best core running back wide receiver combos in the NFL right now. He is a unreal physical specimen, and I'm I'm happy to have him on the Giants. I mean, I look forward to many years of him being... In Big Blue. Um, Now, I'll defer to Brandon a little bit more because, you know, me and him both share the fandom of the Giants. So.
3: Yeah, I mean, just as Jason said, a lot of people said, oh, they should have taken the quarterback, all that. Yeah, in the long run, maybe that could have been true because Eli has been mediocre at best this season. But I think they can definitely get a quarterback next year in the draft. And having that anchor in the running game, is very important on the offensive end as well. And Saquon has shown in his first year that he is more than capable of being that anchor. And he's been one of the better players overall, not just amongst rookies, overall in the league this year. He's in the top ten in rushing yards this year. So, you know, yes,
2: nice. I was going to raise that point. He is ninth at 586, and I just did the math real quick using my calculator on my phone here. He is on pace for a 1,000-yard season, Brandon.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, he's been a great player for them, and, you know, most of the top rookies aren't exactly on great teams anyway, so you can't really hold the record against him.
2: Eric, it is well-established on this show that my favorite college football team is the Florida Gators, correct? Yes. Who is my second favorite college football team, sir? Penn State. Where did Saquon Barkley go to school? Penn State. Saquon Barkley is a generational-type athlete. He is somebody that comes along once in a lifetime with the kind of skill set and the kind of talent that he has. Cleveland made the mistake not taking Barkley
0: number one over long. Guys- oh, that's completely agreed. Now, granted, while Nick Chubb has done me some personal favors, especially fantasy wise. How you guess, test as well. Yeah, and, and you were then, Cleveland was clearly address, trying to address a quarterback, but did Saquon Barkley for everything that he's shown that he can do and what he can really add to an offense, yeah, you really can't go wrong with taking him. Now, if only Kyle Oletta would stop, you know, doing stupid stuff and having to deal with police, he could get in on this too. 1,041.6
2: is the yardage pace for Saquon Barkley right now, which I do believe would make him the first running back in close to a decade to go over 1,000 as a rookie.
1: Um, And I want to point something else out real quick. What quarterback would not want to come in and be a part of an offense where you throw the ball to Odell Beckham, you can hand the ball off to Barkley, you have a strong, young tight end in Ingram, and a slot receiver in Shepard. That offense has the talent there. I mean... The the lure of a free agent quarterback is, is there. You might have the options of quarterbacks calling and saying, "Hey, look, I'm interested in playing for the Giants. I want that offensive setup set at my disposal." The only uh, I made the joke. I made the joke around the um, trade deadline. It would not surprise me to see Derek Carr still end up as a Giant in 2019
3: that would be interesting i the big the the two big names out of the draft and i don't really know what uh free agent quarterbacks really there are that would work in the Giants system that are good enough to be you know in on the giants um but the two quarterbacks out of college that i would be looking at the most at are will greer and uh, Pat Shermer's son. You know, that would be an interesting dynamic, father and
0: son. Well, not to mention you got Justin Herbert out of Oregon. True. That too. Okay, so he's, I need to correct...
1: He's, he's coming back to Oregon next year. Yeah. Oh, crap.
2: <laughs> Real quick, I need to correct myself about one thing here. I have... I, uh, I dislike the Cowboys. I kind of put Ezekiel Elliott's rookie season out of my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott actually had the third most rushing yards all time by a rookie two seasons ago. Before that though, you have to go all the way back to Edger and James at just over, just over uh, 1500, I believe. So Ed, like I said, it's generational talent for Barkley.
1: Three of the top three agents. One being a he's not really going. I don't see him hitting the open market, but I see him hitting the um, the fact that he's either going to get franchised or have a uh, offer sheet tendered is uh, Matt Ryan. Then you have Tyrod Taylor and Teddy Bridgewater. Matt Matt
3: Ryan would be the one that I would go after out of those three.
1: Oh yeah,
0: I mean Bridgewater. He's pretty much the quarterback in waiting down in New Orleans. Mm. They're definitely locking him up.
1: All All right. Right. Foles.
2: I think the Foles could actually be make an interesting case here, especially yeah. with how he's performed taking Philadelphia to the Super Bowl last year. We've seen that Carson Wentz has struggled this year coming back. Yeah, We'll get to the Philadelphia Eagles a little bit more later. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Dramatic reverb. But for now, we move on with our midseason coach of the year, Eric.
0: I said it last week. I'm seeing it now, even after a horrendous, god-awful performance. Uh, with the personnel it's brought in, with how the team has fared, even including that, Ron Rivera has done a great job in turning Carolina around, bringing in North Turner to help Cam Newton, who's having a career year. They are right in the mix, along with New Orleans in the NFC South, fighting for a division title and getting closer to a playoff spot. Carolina, they've got a little bit of that fight back. They've got that big cat in them again, and that's always good to see. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: it wasn't on display Thursday night. Oh, no, 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 no. That was a shellacking on all kinds of proportions.
1: Yeah, they
0: got treated real rough by Pittsburgh. Uh, Oh,
3: yeah. That was shocking. Uh,
2: Brandon, how about you? Where do you fall for the coach of the midseason?
3: I I know uh you say that oh he's he's terrible in the playoffs and everything and, and you may be right. We may he may not do very well come postseason. But as of right now, you have to give the award to Andy Reid.
2: I'm not gonna deny that Reed's a great regular season coach. History's just not on his side when it comes to postseason football. We have seen many times here this guy go to the postseason with a team with a one-two or a three four where he has a home game in the first round of the playoffs and they choke out. Look what happened last year against Tennessee in the wildcard game. They were up twenty-one to nothing on Tennessee in the mm-hmm. wildcard game, and then the Titans scored twenty-two in a row to knock them out in
3: arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Oh oh I, I won't deny that. But as of right now, he has to be considered coach of the year.
0: You were about to say something, Eric? No, just thinking back to the time. Super Bowl 39, McNabb, vomiting on our field, again. And the Patriots won, (laughs) again. And I just wanted to punch people, again. Oh, that was a rough week. So that's
2: one vote Andy Reid, one vote Ron Rivera. Jason, where are you casting yours?
1: Um... I'm going to go with the coach that actually has a chance at the Super Bowl and has his team only sitting there with one loss, and that was to Drew Brees and the Saints, and somebody that is actually, sadly, eight years younger than me, and that's Sean McVay and the Rams. Uh, I think he is probably the best coach for his age in the NFL and he has a very bright future and he's proving that if once he can gain the trust of his players that he can lead them and produce so yeah when they once they shellacked the Chiefs this week I expect to apologize apology from Brandon <laughs>
0: And and how do you think I feel Because Sean McVay is my age You were born just a couple months apart I'm
1: older than he is
2: You mentioned that Sean McVay Is eight years younger than you Jason Yep Which would make you 40
1: Yes We don't disclose that information
2: My coach of the year Is also 40 And a first time head coach In the National Football League I'm sticking with the same person I picked last week here. He is the coach of the NFC North leading Chicago Bears. He is Matt Nagy. If you would have told me that 10 games into the season, okay, going on their 10th game of the season, so nine games into the season, that the Chicago Bears would be 6-3 and three and have a half-game lead in the NFC North, I'd have thought you were crazy. Because I think everybody in this group here, all four of us, when we would have done our predictions for the NFC, unfortunately we weren't able to do an NFC preview special because schedules got in the way due to illnesses, all of us would have probably had Chicago at or near the basement of the NFC North. Uh-huh. True. I know I would have had them in I had them
1: number one. I, I had them number one. <laughs>
2: Sure,
1: you did. At all. Uh,
3: I'm pretty sure I had Packers, Vikings, uh, Lions, Bears.
2: I think I had the Vikings and the Packers flipped, but yeah, Vikings,
1: Packers, Lions, Bears. I had the Bears, the Lions, the Packers, and Vikings.
0: Yeah, I I had Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears, and extra credit to Matt Nagy, arena football quarterback. I've seen what he can do on a 50-yard field. He was special. He's now able to translate all of that immense offensive knowledge and pour it into the half-empty weird-looking vessel that is one Mitchell Trubisky.
2: I was on Mitchell Trubisky's ass last year on the mm-hmm. show. I said that that dude was going to be one of the biggest busts in NFL history.
0: I was right there with you.
2: And he now is the quarterback for the NFC North leading Chicago Bears. I freaking hate this show sometimes, Eric.
0: <laughs> You're well, not of- the only one. Well, why? one guy drinking smoke.
3: Watch one, one. Some coach is going to take a risk and is going to make you eat your your words about uh, Pickerman too.
0: It'll be
2: Ben McAdoo wherever he he's.
1: <laughs> fuck off too, Brandon. How's that? I hear I hear his interviewing in Cleveland. Oh God. <laughs>
0: The a Pickerman Macadoo combo for the Cleveland Browns. Can can we get them to do another season of Hard Knocks? Can we, we please get on? that? Can we ban those rules? Unfortunately, they already have a former Buffalo
2: quarter, uh, former Buffalo coach doing well in Cleveland. Greg Williams got them a victory over the Falcons last week. True.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Greg
2: Williams couldn't win for the three games in Buffalo.
0: Moving, Moving on, on before Ron can... Taylor on their bench. I mean, I'm, didn't he I'm lead gonna... you to a playoff appearance at Buffalo? I'm gonna get
2: bitter if we don't move on, <laughs> so let's do
0: so. Biggest surprise of the season thus far, Eric. Sticking with Ron Rivera, I didn't expect Carolina to improve this fast this much. I mean, again, shellacking aside, I'll see how they can re rebound from that. But overall, great season. Cam Newton, 67% completion going into Thursday, of course. Uh, I didn't see this coming. I didn't. To be fair, though, even with that shellacking in Pittsburgh, still the five seed in the NFC right now, Eric. There you go. Right there, still fighting with New Orleans for that NFC South title. As of right now, interestingly enough, they would go to
2: Washington, who I think they could beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that happening. I could see it as well. Brandon, where do you fall for the biggest surprise of the season thus far?
3: Uh, I'm sticking with my uh, theme for the night, and I gotta go with the Chiefs. I don't think anyone expected, especially after what happened last year, you know, even with the, the big start that they had, everyone was thinking, oh, this is going to be like last year. They're going to fall by the wayside again, and they're going to become another mediocre, you know, a little bit over 500 team. And it still has yet to happen.
2: Interesting fact, too, about uh, uh just real quick here, because I, I, I forgot to mention this when I saw this here. Fun stat for the Bears. Tied for second and fewest points allowed in the NFC right now. Monsters of the Midway indeed, Eric. That, All right, let's that, continue. Thank, uh,
0: thank John Green for that. He was a real Gruden grinder, and that's why he's in Chicago.
2: The Oakland Raiders have allowed the second
0: most points in the AFC. Yeah, what, what, what were you saying, Coach, about not having a pass rush? Hmm, I wonder.
3: What could have helped that? Right? (laughs) it's The
2: fewest sacks in the NFL. They are the only team in the NFL not to have double-digit sacks. Um, Jason, who's your biggest surprise in the NFL thus far?
1: My biggest surprise is a broken clock that's right twice a day. That would be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'll be one of the first people to admit I thought he was going to be one of the biggest busts. Um I even went on record to say that he would not even be a top fifteen quarterback. I stand corrected. And I have to give the boy props. He is bawling out. He is showing that he deserves to be in the NFL. He's leading that team on a couple of crucial drives early on the season. And I uh, I mean I've i believe a believer. He may, he's made me at least take notice and be a somewhat of a believer. I still hope he breaks his neck and is paraplegic at some point, just to shut Robert Taylor up. But that's the only reason.
2: Yikes. I know this episode is going to make air.
0: <laughs>
2: I know this episode is going to go into our Spotify queue. Glacier can suck a dick. Brandon, make yes. sure you're getting this because it is the only time you will hear me say this the rest of the season. Shall
3: shall I uh, cue you in?
2: I don't think you should because I'm not Eric. <laughs> My biggest surprise of the season for the NFL in 2018 has been Patrick Mahomes.
3: Do you, do you know what time it is yet? I I don't observe that here on the East Coast, but
2: if they do in the Midwest, more power to them. No, You're not on the East
3: Coast, and, and Eric and I are both on the East Coast, and we do observe
0: that. Not to mention, last time I checked, yeah, it's only a handful of states, Indiana, Arizona, that, that would have those issues. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, y- y- it's observed in your neck of the woods. <laughs>
2: 3,000 yards in ten in 10 games. 315 yards a game. 31 touchdowns means he's averaging three TD passes a game. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the seven interceptions offsets his TD to INT ratio, but there is no one, and Robert Taylor included when I say that, that expected these numbers from Patrick Mahomes. He may have thought Mahomes was going to be good. Nobody saw this coming. And if you say you did, you're a liar. The biggest surprise of the 2018 NFL season thus far has been the performance of Patrick Mahomes. And yes, for the sake of this conversation, I guess it's Mahomes time.
0: We have it
3: on record. It's a miracle. Yes!
2: I don't even drink and I need a beer. <laughs> Eric, who's your dis- who's your biggest disappointment? My biggest disappointment is in myself for actually freaking saying go- that. Go ahead and give me your biggest disappointment, Eric.
0: I mean, just... I knew they were going to be uh, just kind of OK, even with their quarterback, because I knew that there was going to be struggles. But I did not expect this much of a drop off after one injury. I expected the Bucks to be terrible. I expected the Raiders to be terrible. I did not expect the Niners to be terrible, especially without Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, yeah I knew CJ Bethard wasn't going to be the savior of Santa Clara but it, it, even with the likes of big Dick or big Dick Nick Mullins you just ah I expected more from this I thought I would see a little bit more fight and a little bit more uh competency out of these 49ers.
2: Brandon
3: yeah um I I definitely agree with uh Eric there and agree with all of his points I mean granted it didn't help the injury to Garoppolo but I don't think anyone saw them falling this far down after the injury Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. let me just do that is my official pick but I am going to put a little uh side disappointment especially now that it's past the deadline and everything, and he's completely gone. And yes, I have my own little personal bias. You can go screw yourself for screwing my fantasy team over. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, you just completely ruined your career. Yes, I know, Harry, you do not agree with me. But I honestly believe... Between, even prior to this, all of the weed issues that he had, and now with this, with him holding out for an entire season over a few million bucks. And also, not to mention that, you know, no team, you know, he's going to still be asking for the, you know, huge money that he's going to be asking for that girl he got. No team that is a contender one, has the money to pay you, and two, no self-respecting organization that likes having professionalism and does not like having drama surrounding their locker room will come within a mile of you now. So,
1: congratulations, Le'Veon
3: Bell. You just completely screwed yourself.
1: I I, I disagree. Um... There's two teams that um, once the season ends will have enough cap room, and that can be contenders. Both uh, one NFC, one AFC. uh, And how I compared the best running back combo with a wide receiver, Um, yeah, the Houston Texans definitely have the money to spend and can bring Bell in, uh, pairing him with Watson and Hopkins. Uh, I think that would be a scary offense. Also, um, San Francisco could bring him in and pay him very well. Also, he could go to Baltimore and be the biggest rival and thorn in the Steelers' side. But uh, early on, I was against Bell. As the season dragged on, I kind of was glad he set out the season, and he didn't pull a Sherman, play under the contract, get hurt, ruin his career.
2: Uh, Earl Thomas.
1: I'm sorry, Earl Thomas. Uh, thank you for correcting me.
2: Um, Who is your biggest disappointment, Jason.
1: My biggest disappointment is the New York Giants. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know I'm a homer and everything, but last year we can contribute that into we were snake bit across the board. Uh, Beckham breaking his leg. Uh, Brandon Marshall tripping over a Walker and could never get open. Uh, Eli had no run game. This year we have no, don't have those excuses uh and we was picked to uh, be contenders in the NFC East. Um well that went out the window very quickly. I think Eli is very well in the twilight of his career. Um if he plays one more season, I think that's his max life that he has. Uh we need some offensive line help and They just said, screw it, we're we're going to rebuild. So they're putting in a lot of, um, made a a few trades right before the deadline to get some picks. And Gettleman's going to rebuild through the draft like he did in Carolina. So uh, a lot of high expectations coming into this year are now went out the window. And yeah, I'm going to go with. As much of a homer as I am, I'm going to go with the Giants. It's my biggest disappointment.
2: Eric and Brandon both agreed on San Francisco. Jason took the Giants. You'll notice the commonality there is that both teams are in the NFC. My team is also in the NFC, and even more so now that we've officially gone final on Thursday Night Football, as we're recording this. Four, five, and one with a perfectly healthy, well, playing Aaron Rodgers, a freshly returned Aaron Jones, and the full complement of wide receivers that you hunted going into the season after you let Jordy Nelson walk. My biggest disappointment thus far in the 2018 NFL season are the Green Bay Packers, who most of us either had winning the NFC north or probably at the very least challenging for a wild card in the NFC this
0: year oh mm-hmm. and five on the road oh and five and and
3: and you can't make the excuse of uh, them not knowing the rules anymore because that ended after the first couple of weeks hmm
0: Mm hmm. on Montgomery shipped him off to Baltimore. What's really changed? It, it's almost sad what's become in, in
2: Green Bay right now.
3: Uh-huh. Aaron
2: Rodgers is more concerned about his state farm commercials than he is about <laughs> playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers.
3: Mm uh-huh.
2: hmm. Aaron Jones came off of an NFL issued suspension and has had a couple of decent games but is nowhere near the pace that and Montgomery had in his stead last year. Their two biggest wide receivers are Marquise Valdes, Scantling and Equinemius St. Brown. Look that sink in. There is nothing in green Bay now that concerns people. The bears have Khalil Mack. The Vikings have Daniel Hunter the Lions don't have much either, but there's a reason that the the Packers and the Lions are the two teams in the bottom of the NFC North, and the Bears and the Vikings are facing on Sunday Night Football this Sunday night to determine who will be at the top of the NFC North. Congratulations,
0: and, congratulations, Green Bay! You colossal disappointment, you. <laughs> and, and, and because of what you just mentioned in Minnesota and in Green and in, uh, Chicago, riddle me this. How much longer do you realistically see Rodgers in Green Bay or even in the league?
3: I still think he has a a few years left.
2: I think he wants to play, but I think how much longer are they going to give him in Green Bay is the question. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's
3: still been playing good, though. I mean, it doesn't help that he hasn't been playing at 100% this year.
2: But the thing is, is they feel they have the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay now and Deshaun Kaiser.
3: True.
0: And even with those few years playing good, he's not at 100% now. Mm -hmm. Injuries. Yeah. Injuries. Injuries. (laughs) The human body doesn't get better
2: with age. It gets worse, and Rogers is starting to break down.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's not keeping up and everything. He's not subscribing to the TV-12 clinic, that's for sure.
2: He needs to hire his own personal ball deflator. Oh, wait, that's what what Danica's for these days, I guess. Hey, good on him for getting Danica Patrick. I'll admit, I'm a little jealous. All right, let's move on.
0: Yeah, move, let's move on so I can reserve the couple of comments that I had.
2: <sighs> we
0: move back to
2: the collegiate game now, Eric. Um, I did not have a chance to listen to the college episode. I probably should have done so. so that way I could compare, compare how badly our picks suck. But for the sake of tonight's show, give me your college football playoff four.
0: Bama? Clemson.
2: Real quick, does not have to be in order, guys. Just
0: four teams you think are going to qualify. Okay. Bamba, Clemson, and I know this could, depending on how they would make it in, set up a potential rematch of some sort, Notre Dame and Michigan.
3: Brandon? Uh, I'm going to give you two alternate um, universe uh, fours, and I think you— Central Florida's not making it, so let it go. uh, What should happen if this was a real competitive sport would be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and UCF. But what's going to happen is it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Georgia.
1: Jason, Um.
2: I believe I remember where you went with this. I know you still have your original national champion in your college football floor, but that's because you're a gigantic homer.
1: Mine's going to be Clemson, Bama, West Virginia, Michigan.
2: I I think I know where he's going with that. Stay tuned just a little bit longer to get to why he's going where he's going with that. Because I actually considered it myself, Jason. All right. Um as far as as far as the four go. I don't see how you could leave all one loss Michigan out. The mm. problem is, the problem is is I think they're going to be a two loss Michigan because I don't think Harbaugh's going to clear that Ohio State hurdle.
0: I dunno I think with everything going on in Ohio State, Harbaugh knows this is the year. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame,
2: Ohio State. <sighs> <sighs> Well, it wouldn't be an episode of the kickoff without some uh, audio difficulties, would it, guys? Nope. (laughs) Uh, All right, so that officially wraps up our college football playoff predictions. Let's go ahead and move over to the National Football League here. All right, so I'm going to let each one of us go real quick through these because it's going to be your AFC division winners, your NFC division winners, and your wild cards. We are not going to do game by game or anything like that. Just the six teams from each conference you have making it we will start with the
0: AFC. Eric, go. Patriots uh, winning the East, Chiefs winning the West, Steelers winning the North, Texans edging out winning the South, and for my wild cards, Chargers, and I'm going to go Colts.
2: Ooh, interesting pick with Indianapolis there. They are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, though, having won four in a row.
3: Mm-hmm. Brandon, AFC. East has to be the Patriots. North, Steelers. West, I think it'll probably be the Texans as well. And the West is going to be the Chiefs. Uh, The wild card, I'm picking the Chargers. And I think I'm going to... I think the Bengals are going to stick it out. I think they'll get their act together and uh, keep that sixth spot. Jason.
1: The Patriots, Chiefs, Texans, Ravens, Steelers, Chargers.
2: So you think Baltimore comes back and wins the North? Yes. Okay. I have kind of a bold prediction along those lines. Patriots take the east, the Steelers take the North, the Texans win the South, the Chargers win the West. Kansas City and Cincinnati are your wild cards. To the NFC, Eric.
0: Oh Washington, did they win the East? I think with the Bears, they hang on, just barely win the North. <laughs> barely. <laughs> I see what you did there. For the Bears. Yeah, well done. yeah. Not intended. Rams, they're on the verge of clinching. They're easily going to take the West. The South, I have to give the edge to the Saints for that one, but Panthers are going to be one wild card. Oh, second wild card. Damn it. I'm going to give a slight nod. Vikings. I'm really torn between Vikings and uh, Eagles. Really torn. Brandon?
3: East is going to be the Redskins, North Bears, South Saints. West, the Rams, and the Wild Cards are going to be Carolina and Seattle.
1: Jason. Rams in the West. South is going to be the Saints. North is the Bears. East is a New York football giant. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen that? I... I, I have faith.
3: Okay. Wild, Whatever you wild, say. Cards,
1: wild cards will be the Atlanta Falcons and Philadelphia Eagles.
2: <clears throat> so you have the Redskins, the Panthers, and the Vikings all choking away playoff spots. Yes. I don't think we see that many teams no. choke away the playoff spots.
1: All right, I, it's it's five till twelve, and I need five hours of sleep. I'm trying to get through this.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. We'll let you go. We'll let you go first. And are you serious? And then we'll, we'll get to the uh, end of the show. So that way we can do our stick we have planned. All right. Right. All right, let's get through this real quick then. Uh, The final thing left to do then is for me to make my NFC predictions here. I have the Eagles coming back and winning the NFC East. I don't buy Washington as a legitimate threat. The Vikings win the North. The Saints win the South. The Rams win the West. The wild cards will be Carolina and Chicago. All right, and that brings us to Are You Serious? Now, this is our weekly prediction segment where we give our – Seven-point college predictions and three points from the NFL spreads. We have to pick teams that are at least seven-point underdogs in college and at least three-point underdogs in the NFL. Starting next week, it was actually supposed to be this week, but since last week's show didn't officially air, we're going to next week. The numbers move up to 10 for college and five for the NFL. Um, Real quick, a a quick update of the standings here. Based on the fact that I have hit three games in a row, Brandon – I now lead you in the uh, against the spread predictions. I'm twelve and eight. You're eleven and nine. Damn it! I was doing so well. You do still have the overall lead on me, though eight to seven. The straight up lead. Yep. You have me there eight seven. All right, let's get into our college picks for the week here, Brandon. We start with you.
3: My college pick for the week is USF and Temple. USF covering the spread.
0: Eric? I thought about it. Waving back and forth. But at this point, go big or go home. Especially after the last two weeks. Middle Tennessee plus 16 against Kentucky.
2: Okay. I already know what this is. We talked about it earlier.
1: I am taking Syracuse plus ten and a half over Notre Dame. If it's wow. not a straight up win, if it's I'm, not a straight up win,
2: I'm definitely leaning on the side of a cover here, not a straight up victory. But this is too many for me not to take it. Give me Duke plus twenty eight against Clemson.
0: Yeah, to to a quick mention to SMU, I tried but. No. Hmm. Harry, you can thank him for that one.
2: I just, I, I think they're overhyped off for what happened with Houston, uh, the Houston game last week. <coughs> it is. All right, let's go into the National Football League now. Brandon.
3: Eagles and Saints. I'm not sure if the Eagles will completely beat the Saints, but I think they'll cover. Brandon, you suck.
2: Thank you for taking my pick. Jack Wagon.
3: <laughs> You're welcome. welcome. What was that
2: uh Jason?
3: I think Jason uh, also yeah. has that. <laughs> so we're all uh almost unanimous. Eric, if you pick Philadelphia, we all have to pick a different game.
0: Oh no, I didn't pick Philadelphia
2: actually. Oh well good, we don't all have to pick Go a Go ahead game. then.
0: Yeah, two dog crap teams slugging it out. Oakland plus five. Oakland is giving
2: five, or Oakland is getting five from Arizona.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, in the interest of being a little bit different, I will go ahead and change my pick so that way we have something to work with here on the show. Move me to Detroit minus four and a, or plus four and a half against Carolina. I'll switch over to Detroit plus four and a half over Carolina. Uh, Brandon, Jason, either of you want to take a different game, or are you guys okay staying on the same team?
3: I'll stick with my. I'm,
1: I'm good. All right,
2: let's get let's get something out of the way real quick here. Jason, are you queued up over there for how we plan to close the show?
1: I'm getting there. By the time right. you're, by the time you're good to go, I'm there. You'll be good to go. All right, I'm there.
2: You have been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network, available (laughs) online at w2mnet.com. You can find everything you need to know about the worlds of professional wrestling, soccer, football, video games, entertainment, and so much more by visiting us online at w2mnet.com. In addition, Kickoff is available on a multitude of podcast streaming services, you can listen to us on Stitcher, Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, CastBox, and we are also on Spotify. Yes, Brandon, I know I didn't do our bit here. There is a reason. Four, the Down Since Day One co-host-turned-executive producer, Brandon Beskabing, the chairman of the W2M network, Jason Teasley, and the executive producer-turned-co-host, Eric Watkins. I'm Harry Broadhurst.
1: Jason? In the middle of Huntington, West Virginia, there's a river. Next to the river, there is a steel mill. Next to that steel mill, there is a school. In the middle of that school, there's a fountain. Each year, on the exact same time, at the exact same hour, the water to this fountain is turned off. And in this moment, every once every year, throughout the town, throughout the school, time stands still. November 14th, 1970. We are Marshall.
2: We are the kickoff, but tonight we are Marshall. Thank you for listening.